0: morning everyone so it's Luke chapter 19 verses 1 to 10 and in the pew bibles in front of you well not quite pews chairs it's page 852 or just follow on with the words behind me Zacchaeus the tax collector Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost.
1: Friends, uh, good morning and welcome to our service. Uh, People still joining us, sermons on at 9.18, it's pretty early, encouraging people to get here to church on time. Come on in everyone and Foy, we'd love to have you having a seat, plenty of seats down the front as you come. And uh, friends, we are in uh, week four of, our, of this launch series, Go to See Lives Transformed. I'm going to pray that the Lord uh, would speak to us. God, we thank you for your word and your truth. We thank you that you left heaven to come to earth, to pursue us, to save us through the death of Christ on the cross and his resurrection. We ask that we would be like you and go and pursue others, that they too would know your love and find new life, forgiveness, and uh, purpose for their lives right here on this earth. And so speak to us today, encourage us with the message of your grace, that it would move us to go to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, uh, as you'll be aware, I've mentioned before, John Dixon is an Australian-Anglican minister and award-winning author. And one of his earlier books was called A Sneaking Suspicion. He wrote that book uh, aimed at teenagers, and I, when I was a youth pastor, young adults pastor, we'd give that out to people to read and to consider. He writes this in this uh, introduction. It says, in year nine, my mates and I were the class clowns, he says. We never burnt the school down or anything, but it seemed like hardly a day went by without getting busted for something. Picture these year nine boys. The closest I ever got to religion before the age of 15 was attending a funeral. I'd never gone to church or Sunday school, and no one in my family showed the least bit of interest in religious stuff. Turning turning out as a Christian surprised everyone. I never did drugs or steal cars. I used to shoplift a bit. I was just a selfish 15-year-old jerk, he writes. I learned martial arts for five years. I thought this was interesting. I practiced hard and then went to school to find people to practice on. <laughs> Hurting just a couple of people is enough to get confidence, a big head, and a reputation. About this time, through the witness of a female scripture teacher, I was surprised by God's love for me. And over a period of months, I was drawn to a God who would forgive me for my wrongs and give me a new start. He says, like most Aussies, I had a hunch there was more to life than beer and footy. I also had a hunch that something more could be found by looking into Jesus. When I decided to go with my hunch, I discovered more than I'd ever bargained for. Isn't that a good news story? Surprised by God's love and God's grace. Friends, for many people, when you explain the gospel to them, if they get it, they're often surprised by God's beauty remember a man who came to Christianity Explained some years ago, and he never became a Christian. Six weeks. He said to me at the end of it, I'm not sure I believe it, but there's something beautiful about a message of grace and forgiveness and of a God who loves us deeply. Friends, that is the message we are called to take to the lost. Jesus is full of grace, and he comes to seek and to save the lost. Men and women like the rebellious teenager John Dixon or the confident chief executive or the avowed atheist or committed family woman or the moral upright Hindu or Muslim or our friends and our neighbours. He came to seek and to save the lost and if we lived in the time of Jesus we would have been regularly surprised with the people he spent time with. We see as we read the Gospels, the outcasts in a society, the immoral, the prostitutes, the liars, the cheats, the sick, the oppressed, not the popular ones, but they're rejected in society. And in the Gospel of uh, Luke, for example, Jesus commends the love of a former former prostitute in chapter 7. You'll uh, deal with that passage in your Bible studies groups this week. In chapter 15, the Pharisees and religious leaders condemn him. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them, they say. They were surprised by Jesus' love and association with the worst of society. They didn't understand grace nor Jesus' mission. He came as a friend of all. And in a passage that was just read to us by Doris, a beautiful passage and illustration of God's grace, God coming for all men and women of all types and all strata of society. So who is Zacchaeus? Well, Zacchaeus' uh, work for the Romans was hated by the Jews. We know that much. We don't know too much about him other than that. He's regarded as a thief, a robber, and a traitor to his own people. His people hated him. You see, the way it worked back then is that the traders who used the roads would be taxed on their travels. Like the M5, a little bit more, a bit different. And the M7 and the M1. (laughs) And these guys, you would pay to travel. And you see, the Romans who were occupying the territories would sometimes employ Jewish people to do the jobs, but the Jewish people who took jobs with the Romans would be hated by their own people because they worked with the oppressors, the enemy. He's one of these men. And you see, they could charge a certain amount of money, but they could charge extra to make better profits. You see the tax collectors coming in. You'd almost spit at them if you're a Jewish person. They're working for the wrong people. And Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. The guy's the boss. He doesn't do the actual collecting, but imagine him sitting at a desk and all his collectors bring in the money. Now one day it says that he was wealthy. You see, Jericho was a top spot for a tax man, an important trade route from Jerusalem to the east. So Zacchaeus was filthy rich. But let me say desperately lonely. You see, he would have his friends, the, this rejected group, the traitors, the enemies of the people of Israel, collaborators with the Romans. He's not going to be welcomed in the ordinary part of society, to be pushed away. Unpopular with little social life. They would laugh at him, they would abuse him. He would never be invited to the parties of the normal people. He was selfish. He was evil. He cared about himself. And we're told that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem where he would be arrested, tried and crucified for us. Notice that he's on his way to Jerusalem. He doesn't have long until he's arrested and killed. It is the place, the cross, where he will deal with our sin problem, our rebellion and our spiritual lostness. He was passing through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem, and Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was going that way. He wanted to see who Jesus was. And you have to ask the question, Zacchaeus, why do you care about Jesus? Why do you care about Jesus? maybe he's heard that Jesus has spent time with the rejected, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sinners... And maybe he just wants to get a hearing. Maybe he just wants to see what is Jesus saying? What is so radical about Jesus that these weird group of people talk to him and follow him? Why the crowds following Jesus anywhere he goes? He wants to see him. Maybe he's just curious. Famous person goes past. I almost turned up to uh, Taylor Swift sitting outside the stadium just to get the feel, but I never did. Just... Getting that out, never did. <laughs> but the sense of curiosity when a famous person comes past. Maybe though his conscience is disturbing him. We don't know. We're told he was a short man. I love that. I picture as a kiss, short, beard, bit tubby, short and rich, and they would wear a long tunic from neck to ankles. I always say that if I played Zacchaeus in a movie, I would have Danny DeVito. What do you reckon? Just think, Danny DeVito, right? Running up a tree, looking out for Jesus, hiding. Because he'd love to see him, he's short, the crowd are not going to let him in, but he is a resourceful man. He runs ahead, climbs up a tree, I mean he's got to look like an idiot, right? He's up on a tree, he's a filthy rich tax collector, but he's hiding up in a tree, so he can see Jesus. So there's something about he is resourceful enough to think there's maybe something in Jesus that I need to find out about. He must look ridiculous. But even it becomes more astounding in this story because he's hiding from everyone up in a tree to see Jesus. No one else is going to let him get close to Jesus. They would elbow him out of the way. And Jesus stops. You picture your Zacchaeus up in the tree waiting to see what happens, and Jesus stops right there. He looks up at you. He knows your name, Zacchaeus. Which makes you think well, has he met him before? This is just one of the things that God knows as Jesus. Maybe he's encountered him before. So in case this guy thinks he's hiding. It's like the person who may turn up to church for the first time, sitting up in the back corner. It happens a lot. All of a sudden, God speaks to them. It changes them. I was just trying to hide. It felt like when you were preaching, God was speaking to me. And a guy said that to me a while ago. He said, "I came with my wife to check you guys out. I sit up the back. And how did every time you preached and you shared an illustration? How did you know I was going through that?" I said, "Just God told me." <laughs> I didn't, I just preached the word, right? You can't escape God in some sense. Zacchaeus is just waiting to find out about Jesus and Jesus stops stops him. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. How's the guy feeling? Ah, Heart's pumping. His palms are sweating. Okay. Jump down out of the tree. Rush home. Get the place ready. It's filthy rich. you will have servants around the place. Get the food out. Sort out the lounges. Haven't cleaned them for a while. Whatever happens to be, you know, someone comes to your house pretty quickly. You're running home. I'll send your wife home or your husband home to clean up before they come over. And so he runs home and he has Jesus over. He is surprised by God. He's surprised by grace. He's surprised by the favour of God. And friends, we all ought to be surprised by God's grace and God's favour. That God shows an interest in us. That God leaves heaven, comes to earth, and lands up on a human cross for our sins and our failures. God pursues us. God is after us. God shows us grace. Well, what's Jesus doing when he goes to his home? Well, he goes to someone who has needs. We notice in sharing the gospel, he is eating with people. He's having conversations around a meal. He engages with people. He goes to a house. He goes to a barbecue. He goes to a pub with with your mates after work. He goes to a bowling green. He goes to a craft table. He goes to the playtime room. He goes, you see, to where people are at. And we're called to go as a friend of all, and as Jesus went and took, accepted the invitations and all invited himself over, didn't he? Careful how you do that. People may not be that happy in the 21st century if you invite yourself over. But he's in the place where you can have conversations about truth. God knows us and takes the initiative in salvation. I think it's so important. God knew me before the creation of the world and brought my family to Australia so I would hear the gospel. God knew me before the creation of the world and brought me to Australia and sent a young committed Christian man to teach me the Bible in a local primary school. God pursued me. It's grace. I don't deserve it. I never expected it. God surprised me with his grace. Pastor Liambo, if you didn't know, was an atheist when he first came to Australia to do his PhD studies at the University of Sydney. His wife got converted first through some English classes at Asheville Presbyterian. Then he said, I didn't believe any of it myself, went back and then soon afterwards he too was converted. He said, I didn't understand anything, it all sounded like nonsense to me, this Christian stuff, (laughs) where he came from. We didn't believe any of those things. And all of a sudden, God broke into his life, sent him back to, to lecture in a university in China and then started doing evangelism along the side Till the police didn't like that and they arrested him and put him into prison for a few months. I couldn't work out what to charge him with and finally, by the grace of God, released him, came to Australia, went to Bible college, trained to be a pastor, surprised by God's grace... Friends, we don't reach up to God, he reaches down to us. He leaves heaven and pursues us to be our friend and our savior. I love the way C.S. Lewis described the grace of God. As you know, C.S. Lewis a famous writer from the last century, written the Narnia series amongst other things. And he says this, and he's in Oxford University in Magdalen College or Magdalen College. And he didn't want to be a Christian. And he says this. Picture me alone in my room, night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted even for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him who I so earnestly desired not to meet. That which I so earnestly feared had at last come upon me. In the Trinity term of 1929, I gave in. And admitted that God was God and knelt and prayed. Perhaps that night, the most dejected and reluctant convert in all England. Not many of us describe our conversion that way. I did not see then what is now the most shining and obvious thing. The divine humility which will accept a convert even on such terms. The prodigal son at least walked home on his own feet. But who can duly adore the Lord uh, who will open the high gates to a prodigal who is brought in kicking and struggling and resentful and darting his eyes in every direction for a chance to escape? Drawn by the powerful grace and mercy of God. Friends, salvation is for all. The C.S. Lewis's, the John Dixon's, the Ange Gretzooner's, the murderers, the liars, the cheats, the tax collectors the immoral, the drug takers, the Islamic terrorists, those who have rejected God as king, the Hindus, the Muslims, the Buddhists, the agnostics. God brings a message of hope for everyone. Let me ask you a question. Who are you most like today? Zacchaeus or C.S. Lewis? Zacchaeus jumps at a chance to meet Jesus and is transformed by him. Maybe you came to church this week or last week and you continue to come because you want to meet God. You want to become a Christian. You want to be changed. God offers that to you. If you haven't made that decision, don't go home not having received Jesus. Challenge you to become a Christian today if you're not a Christian. To finally give in, stop running and receive his grace. Maybe you see us like C.S. Lewis running from God, making excuses not to believe in him. Come to church from time to time. Maybe come with a spouse or a son or a daughter or mother or father. Maybe you're watching a live stream this morning. You think, Yeah, I'm just listening in. Not quite sure what I think about all of this. God takes the initiative. He comes to you and he speaks to you and offers you grace. What's the crowd thinking in all of this? Beautiful encounter of Zacchaeus and Jesus. They say, this man has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now, it would have shocked them, right? He stops and looks up at him. They would have hoped they said, get out of here, you cheating, traitor, tax collector. Jesus doesn't say that to us, Zacchaeus. And if you're the crowd and you hate this guy, you hope Jesus was on your side. But no, this man, he can't be a rabbi, can't be from God. He has to be the guest of a sinner. It's just crazy. And to go to someone's house, to eat with them is a sign of approval and of acceptance. This is messing with their heads. Sometimes when we share the gospel with others, it maybe messes with your head. I'm not sure. Should you go there? Should you talk to them? Should you do that? Well, it's not very spiritual. Friend Nissen Kisten, once spoke at one of our men's breakfasts. The reason why we invited him is because his family went through a very traumatic situation in 1996. His father, Tony Kiston, was one of 35 people killed in the Port Arthur massacre. Nesson, I remember seeing him in the press conferences being interviewed on television after that massacre. His parents were Salvation Army officers, Christians. What do you say and what do you do when your father has been massacred with 34 other people? I remember the words angry. He said, I don't feel angry. This man who did what he did, I feel sorry for him. He's very alone. I want to tell this guy that I love him too because my dad would have loved him. And on the news of national television, he said, trembling and shaking. Can't forget that interview. Jesus died for him too. All the sinners. All have to face God's judgment. Charles Coulson, in his book of essays, Who Speaks for God?, Tell us about, go to the next picture, yeah. Tell us about watching a segment of uh, television 60 Minutes in which the host Mike Wallace interviewed Auschwitz survivor, Yahiel Denua, principal witness at, at the Nuremberg War Crime Trials. And during the interview, a film clip from Adolf Eichmann's 1961 trial, That's just the guy who was a Nazi, saw the death of many, many people, And when the trial was viewed, it showed Danua enter the courtroom, come face-to-face with Eichmann for the first time since being sent to Auschwitz about 20 years earlier. Here it is, former prisoner and the killer, the enemy. Stopped cold, Danua began to sob uncontrollably and fainted while the presiding judge pounded his gavel for order. It's a mess in the trial. Colton asks, was Denua overcome by hatred, fear, horrid memories? He says, no, it's not why he collapsed. He explained, Denua explained to Wallace that all at once as he saw this horrendous man, this Eichmann, he said he was not the godlike army officer who had sent so many to their deaths. This Eichmann was an ordinary man, he said. And then he said, I was afraid of myself. I saw that I am capable to do this as well. I'm exactly like he. And the summation in that interview was, Eichmann is in all of us. And it's a horrifying statement. Now, you might say, I don't know, I would never do that. But who knows what you would do in different circumstances if you were brought up in Nazi Germany And you believe certain propaganda. Who knows what you may have done? The point is, there is sin in all of us. Just look at the hurt in your marriage relationship. Look at the broken relationships with your children. Look at the offences that take place at work. And you know there is sin in all of us. And we all need forgiveness. That's why the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why the Bible says the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Don't mistake good people for Christians. It's possible to be a good person and be an atheist. It's possible to be a good person and be a Muslim or a Buddhist. It's possible to be a good person and go to hell because you don't accept Jesus. Friends, religion is about being good about humans trying to work their way to God through good works. And this is what you will find when you go to take the gospel to be a friend of all. That's what you're going to discover that most people believe. If there is a God, as long as I'm a decent person, I'll be okay if there is a God. But like Christianity is God coming to men and women through Jesus Christ and offering us forgiveness and a relationship with him. It was not just the who needed forgiveness. The crowd needed forgiveness too, and they didn't think so. They thought they were on the right side of God. Only Zacchaeus was the traitor. But they too were traitors to the true God. So what happens as a result of this dinner party? Zacchaeus is a changed man. After speaking with Jesus, and we, we don't have a copy of what Jesus preached or taught. But then he says, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor... And if I have cheated anybody, says, out of anything, I will pay him back four times as much. He will make restitution if he has done the wrong thing. And that is normally a sign you have now right with God and you want to make restitution. You, You want to be different. You want to be changed. Now, did Jesus preach about the kingdom of God? Probably. Did he preach the importance of repentance? Probably. Did he preach the the importance of faith? Probably, because that's what he does right throughout the gospel. And he's in a group of people. He's speaking about the kingdom of God is at hand. Zacchaeus has realized he hasn't been living rightly. He responds to Jesus' invitation. We know that because Jesus says salvation has come to this house today. This man is also a descendant of Abraham. I'm praying for stories like that this year, are you? Are you praying for your friends, your neighbours, someone in playtime and someone in youth group, or whatever it happens to be, someone in your family, meeting Jesus, having conversation about him, being touched by God's spirit and being transformed where God can say, salvation's come to this house today. Salvation's come to this house today. Salvation's come to this school today. Salvation's come to this university today. Friends, that's what we're praying about when we go. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. If you're spiritually lost, I say come back to Jesus. If you're already a Christian, then you and I are on a mission from God to go. Friends, I started with John Dixon. Let me finish with a story from John Dixon. An SRE teacher shared the gospel with him. He then shared the gospel with thousands via preaching, video, books, and being part of a Christian rock band. He's done a lot of things. It's amazing how God has used one man. He was a lead singer in a band called In the Silence. There he is, if you've ever seen John. That's he, he's on the right. His mate Ben Shaw is on the left. Ben Shaw went on to become an Anglican minister and died of cancer last year. And Ben has recently written a book uh, on explaining why I believe in Jesus as well. I throw that up to remind you that some of us get converted in our teens, and we give our lives fully to the work of the gospel. And we need every believer to do that. But while they're in the silence, they were uh, traveling to prisons, schools, universities. And one day, he said, they sang in a women's prison in South Australia. So after the concert, we had some supper with some of the inmates, talking about their lives, talking about Jesus. Broken women, terrible backgrounds, ended up in in a prison. He said, I went home, I was so moved by uh, their stories of lostness and pain, I wrote a song about the guilty verdict that stands over these women's lives and how Jesus is able to turn it into an innocent verdict from guilty to innocent through Jesus. So, a year later, we went back to the same prison. Many of the women were still there. And I told them at the end of the concert that I, I'd written a song for them. And he sang it. As you can imagine, there was not a dry eye in the house. Women are holding on hearing a message that Jesus can take their guilty and take, declare them innocent. Whoever you are, whatever your background, Jesus can take your guilty and declare you innocent. Because of his death on the cross and his resurrection victory. And we're going to remember that at the Lord's Supper in a moment. And said these women were, were weeping, and afterwards, as we chatted, their eyes seemed to say this if only it were true that someone could forgive me, give me a clean slate in life. Well, friends, the good news is there is. His name is Jesus. May God help us to go as a friend of all, as his witnesses that people could discover that truth. Amen.